All right, everybody. Welcome to week 12, also known as the JC Flu Game. We're back. College football pick them. Family's here. I was worried, Bobcat, you weren't going to make it. I, I was worried, you know, you had a, a, a Huffington Post article you had to post or something. Uh, but I'm happy you're here. Let's start with you. He is the Bobcat. He is... <laughs> He's going to be a great member in Congress very soon. He's the great John Castorani. Hey, brother. Uh, it's great to be with you guys. Uh, almost canceled, to be honest with you. We ran out of beer tonight. Tonight was like our chill night. And, uh, you know, I was looking at Christy, and I was like, I can make a beer run real quick. And she's like, no, you got to 8 o'clock. And I was like, oh. Dang, Chrissy, she's, she's a, a lady. I mean, uh, if we lived in a big town where we could get beer delivery, it'd be easy. But uh, small town living, what do you know? But I'm glad to be here, Stu. So literally took always. took you 11 weeks to figure out that we tape every night, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Every night? Every night? Every hey, Wednesday what? night, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm but, jacked up. Been drinking since 2, and a, two o'clock in the afternoon because of Mel Tucker celebrating. Stu, what are you, but Stu, what are you doing in the morning? uh yeah that's well that's like for me to know and you to find out i guess no um, so between the hours of 4 a.m and 9 a.m what are you doing uh i don't know why do you want to go fucking hunt this river monster that i got on my property no i don't want to hunt a river monster man i got i got work to do wait Unless, what? is it a gator can we spin there... it no it's a it's a 10 point and he's Ooh. He's every bit about two. So let me, uh, I, hey, I'll, I'll drive up there. How long would it take me to get to? Uh, it would probably, you'd probably be here at 4 so we could go out there. Dude, I'm down. I got you, buddy. Wear a mask, though, because I don't want the fucking J.C. Shelton flu. Oh, no, I won't. No, I have, I'll be full masked up, full camo, ghillie suit. Hey, what happened, what happened to, did you put me in for the drawing to get the alligator? I did, yeah. I used your social and stuff. We didn't get it, brother. Fuck. Shoot him. Yeah, Shoot him. And uh, for every, everybody who's listening that's curious, uh, the state of Alabama, if you put your social security number in there, you can enter in their drawing. They only do like X number of tags per year. I signed up like probably 15 freaking people, including myself and my newly born son once we got his social. Uh, and we use a boomstick to go out there and kill those gators. And uh, yeah, I didn't get it this year. You only get one a year, lottery style. We'll try next year, Stu. That's horrific. Um, all right, we'll try again next year, like you said. Also, uh, and, and now we're gonna kick it over. Uh, you know, from UGA Wire, he's got an amazing podcast, self titled. Uh, he is. Uh, under the weather, but still here. Upgraded to probable earlier today. I called him a game time decision, but he he's just, oh, God. He's an American patriot, a true hero. J.C. freaking Shelton. J.C., good to see you, man. <laughs> Guys, uh, we are we are operating on about 11%. We were operating on about 3% uh, yesterday. It was actually higher the day before. Yesterday was the worst day of the my self-diagnosed flu. Don't really have a voice, much of a voice, but we can still make picks with this voice. I mean, it's not sexy to listen to, uh, 
like my regular voice is, obviously. Not but, sexy uh, to look we, at either, but listen, we won't talk about my, my current state of uh, physical fitness or um, beautiful, beautiful complexion right now because it's not there whatsoever. Um, but I do have a good car for you guys. So there's that. All right. Well, thank you for that, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Hope you feel better. Uh, <laughs> and finally, he is Mr. Wednesday Night from NC Sports. He is the whole fucking show. Chris Van Dyne, CBD. How are you, brother? I'm good. I'm exhausted. Uh, been running around like yeah. You you look like dog piss right now. You look very. Worse than the picture behind me. I I mean both. Both the old picture and you look like dog piss. I think you look good. No, I'm exhausted. Uh, I had a Mackey committee call this morning that went well. I thought I think we're on the right track as far as uh semi-finalists go or finalists I, I should say go and uh just get ready for this college football weekend along with everything else I've got going on and uh it's it's a lot but I'm, I'm ready to go and I, I think that we do have a good card this week and uh, a great week at North Coast last weekend hit our college game of the year on Notre Dame uh that was a lot of fun uh tragedy with my group's big bet but not the tragedy that you Save yeah. it. We're not even going to this. This, <laughs> folks, we're going to save to the year end wrap up because I want to see what happens. I don't know if we're going to have more. Well, it's, to the it's, story. Done. it's done. It's it's done. Oh, for it's now. done. It's been pulled. Yeah. We pulled it. Yeah, we pulled it. All right. Well, that, we're going to save that story. That story's <clears> very <throat> intense. After last week, we uh, we decided that it was it was the right time to pull it. And I, I, I told you the stories too. I, I think you kind of agreed with me that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of a sign. I, I, I'm hopeful that uh, possibly on this card you, you give out a play that you might have played. There's a couple. There's a couple. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. Well, let's get into it, uh, folks. I, we got Scott Bernstein coming up on the show, our, our longtime friend. I mean, he's doing big things now. I mean, he's hanging out with uh, 50 Cent and doing Stars Channel stuff, you know, but he, he's got some time for us. He wants to talk about some Michigan football. He's got a few uh, problems, eh? grievances, if you will. So we're going to talk Michigan's a game against Maryland and MSU Ohio State with him coming up. But first, let's break down this Arkansas-Alabama game. Alabama given 20 and a half is what I have it at total 58 and a half. Uh, I mean, we're talking Bama. So let's go to our Bama guy. Uh, none other than JC Sheldon, JC. What do you think? Uh, so I do like this game a lot, actually. There's that on Oh guys. The first mishap of the flu game. My docs is all of a sudden closed. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Here, here, we're back. We're back. We're back. Okay. <laughs> um, so, it's a 21-point line, and I like that for Arkansas. Uh, I think Alabama is the much, much better team here. But I will say that, you know, Arkansas's offense, I think, can give Bama a game. K.J. Jefferson can do it with his legs, his arm. I think he's gotten even better this year as, you know, each game has progressed. Um, he's healthy. Uh, a much better passer than Emory Jones is for 
because we saw, you know, kind of tear up that Bama defense earlier. Uh, well, I think Mullen is a good play caller, really set them up in a good position. But Emory Jones played his best game of the year, and he's really been crap since. Uh, but I think K.J. Jefferson can do something like that, play well. Kendall Bryles, Arkansas OC, has had a big year. Um, so I, I, both offenses have a big game here. Bryce Young will move it around. Uh, but the Bama run game, I think, will which it will be what really moves this game for Arkansas. Um, well, Bama, I'm sorry. Um, you know, Arkansas have given up 151 a game. That's a lot. I know Bama struggled to run versus LSU. But I think with Arkansas's defense, who Georgia you know, played earlier in the year, I got a close-up view of that. The way they drop eight, I think, really caters to teams' run games. Um, they have to blitz. They have to bring guys. So if you can, you know, run to the right areas and get hats on hats in the first level and at least, you know, get some movement inside the tackles, I think Alabama's going to be able to do that definitely with that talent on the offensive line. So I think Bama finds running room. Um, but they, I think Arkansas really keeps it within, you know, 17, I would say, um, if not closer. So give me give me the Razorbacks and the, the, the fighting Sam Pittmans. All right, noted Nolan Richardson fan and Sam Pittman historian, the Bobcat, John Castorani. What do you like here? I like Alabama by 21 here. Josh is coming back from an injury. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinnistry has been playing out of his mind as a true freshman. I think some of the tweaks that we saw against Florida uh, and the passing defense have, have kind of got worked out. Listen, I think the run defense is going to be a real problem for Arkansas because, look, I get it. K.J. Jefferson's a better passer than anything Florida Gators have, uh, but they have to run the ball to get anything going. The two times they were held below 190 rushing yards, they were shut out by Georgia and needed overtime to get 16 total points against LSU. And I get it. You look at Alabama's offense and how they played uh, LSU. Uh, LSU rushed six, 92% of the plays uh, last week. Or what was it, two weeks ago? I don't even remember where we're at. But anyway, when LSU played Alabama, they rushed six. I get it. I mean, Ed Ogeron was on a mission. I mean, he even mouthed they, they didn't come ready to play. I like Alabama 38, Arkansas 14. I, I really don't see Arkansas doing much here. I think that uh, what we saw, what we used to call the, the Alabama effect when good teams in the SEC would play Alabama, uh, they would just look depleted, probably drop their next two, three games. That's what we saw with Arkansas after they played uh, Georgia. It's what we'll probably see after, out of Tennessee now that they've played Georgia. So we can call it the Georgia effect this year. I, I really don't see Arkansas scoring more than 14 points, though. All righty. Uh, CBD, SEC expert for uh, Phil Steel Industries over there. What do you got? I'm with Bobcat on this one. I I, I don't see Arkansas scoring a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm with him on that. I think the arc of the Alabama defense really is going to come in motivated. And that uh, it seems like Arkansas teams under Pittman, when they play those really high level teams, they tend to get blown out. They got blown out by Georgia earlier this year, 37, nothing last year against Alabama, they lost 52 to three. So when it, when they play top five teams, it's been pretty ugly. They also had a 27 point loss in the opener against Georgia uh, last year, which, Really, that was a close game at halftime when Dewan Mathis started and played poorly, and then Stetson Bennett came in and just absolutely uh, turned that game around. 
I, I just don't think that Arkansas can keep up. I, I do think that Al, Alabama is going to be motivated to run the ball because of what happened two weeks ago. Uh, they're, they're, Saban's going to want them to be confident going into the Iron Bowl, so I don't think he'll be a tackle late touchdown. And he did that a few weeks ago against Tennessee. You saw what happened. It was a seven-point game, and uh, Alabama warmed down and tacked a couple late touchdowns on to make it a 28-point game. So I see something similar here. I think this will end up line of power sweep at 27. I think that's about where it ends up. Alrighty, I dig it. Uh, let's go to the Pac-12 uh, conference we absolutely hate, but a huge game in a weird line. Utah hosting Oregon, giving three. The Utes uh, favored here in this one over under 59. Uh, I'll, I'll start it off with noted Pac-12 expert, Bobcat, John Castorani. Bobcat, uh, what's your play here? This is a – I know you brought a guest to talk about Michigan State, Ohio State, which I think is the matchup of the weekend. I really do. Uh, and, and listen, why the Big Ten keeps scheduling these fucking noon games, it fucking baffles me. Uh, maybe the, the Big Ten should have broke up, not the – not the Big 12, but uh, no, Oregon, Utah here. I like Utah winning. I, like I told you guys before we started filming, uh, Utah 27, Oregon 24. So I'm actually going to take the Utes three here. I'm going to take all of that. I think, look, I mean, dude, Utah is running the ball. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's a better rushing attack in the league right now. Uh, I mean, they average three touchdowns a game, 215 yards a game. I mean, it took them a while to get rolling, but the Utes are just crushing it. Uh, this is a game that I'm probably not even going to watch uh, unless I end up slapping it on a card, which I probably won't. Uh, Oregon's not a real threat to the college football playoff. I think he should be in there, but uh, yeah, fuck this game, Stu. All right, thanks for breaking down the, that Pac-12 uh, big game for us, Bobcat. Uh, CBD. You got any takes that don't revolve around the Michigan State Ohio State game? Uh, well, I mean, you could you could make the correlation to the Ohio State game with Oregon playing in this one. Um, <clears throat> I just feel like Oregon has uh, really been skating on thin ice all year. They have not uh, shown the the ability to blow a team out, and it makes me concerned now that they're playing a team that I think has. Uh, Maybe, maybe more talent, but definitely more physicality. Uh, you know, you go back to the very beginning of the season, they, they barely got by Fresno. They had the big win against Ohio State. That's the one that everyone remembers. But then, like, game against Arizona, they were only winning by eight in the fourth quarter. They lose at Stanford. They win by seven over Cal. They win by three at UCLA. Uh, the 10-point win against Washington, they were losing that game for a long time. Last week's game against Washington State, they did pull away. Washington State backdoored the push. But, you know, there was a lot of opportunities for Washington State to take a lead early that they missed. I know they fumbled in their first possession after getting deep in, in Oregon territory. I think they fumbled into the end zone, in fact. I just don't think Oregon's playing particularly uh, as well as their record indicates. To me, Utah is a program on the rise this year. Whittingham has them playing their best ball right now. Uh, I believe they've covered uh, four of the last six. Oregon is four and eight as an away dog. Uh, Utah has been uh, 
just covered darlings really the last couple of years. So, you know, the bad start, albeit for Utah, I like the way they're playing. I think they get it done here, and I think they win by a touchdown. All right, JC. <clears throat> Surprise. Uh, not going to go with whatever Bobcat and Chris just said. I like Bobcat Oregon. actually didn't pick anybody in the game, I don't believe. I picked Utah by three. I, he said he'll take Utah like eight times, dude. I don't know. I don't know. He he worked in. He was talking about Michigan State and mesmerizing. Uh, that's don't answer the question that's they ask you. Answer what you want to answer. Heard that. That's it. I'll keep that in mind in my future. We'll do interview, it live. Which I just got an email about, which is pretty cool. But we'll just save that for later. Um. So this this game is nearly identical on the stat sheet as far as team averages here, which is pretty interesting when you think of how hyped Oregon is and how not Utah is. Not at Vegas, though, right? And Vegas, you know, they give the Utah – they give Utah, what, three points here, and I know that it was a big talking line on Monday and when I was down bad. I was up on Twitter looking through things. Everybody was jumping on this Utah Utah line. Like, they were really liking it, which I can see that. Um, but but for me, it's it's I think it's is a Oregon team that you know has its it's near the end of the season to the postseason. It has its destiny in front of them, right? Um, everything's kind of set up for them. Number three, the last two weeks in a row in the college football playoff rankings, and you have a coach who is from one of the greatest lines of coaches you know of all time. You had Nick Saban, who's from the Village. It's just like a great lineage of coaches he's from. Um, I think team ready is what I'm saying and I think Oregon I can I like Oregon to win I think it's a definitely a three-point game I just think Oregon's going to be on the better end of that um you know Utah kind of on the team too long last week they could have been looking forward to this one but you know Oregon can clinch that division with the win like I said they control their own destiny I think they'll be hyped up and I think they'll be ready to go I, I love that it's a 7.30 game, though, because we're going to get to watch it and enjoy it on, like, a 10.30 kick here. So, really looking forward to this one, actually, but I like Oregon. All righty. That will do it for our game previews. We're going to take a short break and uh, link up with our friend Scott Bernstein of the OG Podcast and uh, Oakland Press and uh, talk a little Midwest football, celebrate Mel Tucker, being at Michigan State for the next decade, and we'll come back with some picks. If you like the StuCast, you might want to check out what's going on over at inthemoneypodcast.com and on the In The Money Media Network. We've got a whole bunch of podcasts devoted to horse racing from the player development side to the week-in, week-out gambling side to the horseman side there's going to be a show for you come check us out in the money and we look forward to seeing you there all right joined by a guy who's who's been on this uh network this podcast whatever you want to call it multiple times every single time he comes on he's phenomenal uh and today's going to be no different Great friend, personally, uh, a wonderful person. You can catch him on the original Gangsters podcast because he is one, folks. 
it needs to be in your uh, iPod shuffle, your your iPhone uh, podcast mix. It's it's truly one of the best podcasts out there. I love listening to it every week. Uh, GangsterReport.com. He's best friends with 50 Cent. He he once ah. uh, had a double double in junior high school. He he's <laughs> he's a man of many things. Uh, writer for the Oakland Press. Uh, he's a great Scott Bernstein. Scott, it's uh, it's always good to talk to you, bro. Thanks for Thanks, always man. making time, I, I, man. I brings the fire. Yeah, no matter what, you do. You know, we're talking gangsters. We're talking football. We're talking uh, recruiting. Just let me know, man. Tell me, and I'll I'll blast it out of the park. <laughs> I, I you're good for so many wild things. I mean. I think we could have done a show just talking about, uh, you know, Hazel Park race, race course. Yeah, Hazel Park race track. Yeah, uh, just a wild, and that's in the archives we did talk about. But, um, yeah, look, you know, we're college football pick em show here. Uh, we got two teams in the state of Michigan that happen to be top 10. Um, some are ranked higher in some polls than others. Hey, man. I'm in heaven. This is like, I would have never in a million years back in August, if someone would have told, I mean, never in a million years could I have predicted or believed someone that would have predicted that we would be sitting here at the start of November and Michigan and Michigan State would both be top 10 teams, would both be in the running, not just for the Big Ten, but for the national championship, uh, getting into the playoff. Um, I mean, they're not in the top four right now, but they're, they're knocking on the door. They control their own destiny. Uh, I don't think anyone could have scripted this. You know, even the most diehard Michigan or Michigan State fans, nobody foresaw this for even one of these teams, let alone both of them. And I can't remember a time um, really other than one brief, very two brief, two brief moments uh, in the late '80s and in the late '90s, when uh, there was a, a a year or even a couple weeks in there where Michigan and Michigan State were both kind of neck and neck in terms of where their programs were at the same time. Um, I remember that Michigan Michigan State game in '99. Uh, Nick Saban uh, probably his biggest win. Of, of his career with the Spartans when uh, they knocked off Tom Brady and the Wolverines and David Terrell, Plaxico Burris went ballistic that game really had, that was his break, his real big breakout in the national stage. Um, and then the following week, it, it, it was what happened last week or what happened two weeks ago was history repeating itself because the following week they went into Purdue and, and Drew Brees carved them up. Uh, despite the fact that that state went into that game um, as, as the favorite coming off that huge Michigan win in 99 happened again in 21. But uh, I digress. The, the point I'm trying to make is I, I'm like, you know, I'm like a bee in honey, you know, a pig in slop, uh, I, I, a kid in a candy store to have the two programs in my state. And, and, and for people that don't know, I root for both programs. Um, I'm an Indiana Hoosier. 
uh, grew up a big Michigan fan because a lot of my family members went to Michigan, but have grown to love both programs. And I, I, I'm one of the rare ones in the state of Michigan that uh, I, I, my allegiance, my allegiances lie in both East Lansing and Ann Arbor. I want the both, I want the best for both programs. And, you know, to be here going into the home stretch and have both, both teams still alive for, for births in the national championship playoff. Uh, it's, it's all I could have ever dreamed of and more. And every weekend is, is just, it's again, I'm in heaven, man. Every weekend is so exciting getting to uh, watch both those teams play and, and have so much on the line. It's uh, you know, if you're, if you're a football fan in the state of Michigan, it's uh, it's fantastic. Well, I'm happy you're enjoying it because I want one team to lose and lose horribly every week. And I want uh, another obje- team to I'm like, obje- I need I'm, ob- I'm objective and uh, someone that has been very critical of the Jim Harbaugh regime at Michigan and rightfully so. Um, and I'm also someone that will give credit where credit is due. Uh, last week was probably Jim Harbaugh's brightest moment as as the head coach of of that program um coming back uh on the road in hostile territory uh pulling that win out with with with, again the stakes are so high and and winning a game that frankly the last seven years under Harbaugh Michigan loses you know almost every time 100 percent right and and I will be the first on this show my Big Ten preview, you go back and listen. I picked Indiana to win the Big Ten East. Uh, you know, I thought this Ohio State team was, uh, as they say in your line of work, fugazi. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a little it's a little dressed up. And, you know, Michigan, realistically, I think they have a shot to beat Ohio State. I think they probably have a better shot. They line up better than Michigan State will. I, see, I, see, I, 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 I respectfully disagree. Really? Well, I'm happy to hear that. Um, I, uh, you know, take what I just said, and I'm going to give Jim Harbaugh and, and that Michigan staff a, a ton of credit for where they are right now. Um, because, again, I would have never uh, thought in a million years that this Michigan team right now uh, would be sitting with the record that, that, that they're sitting with. That, that they're sitting with. Um, and, and really control their own destiny. But I know what I see, and I, 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 I feel like I know enough about football to know what's substantive, what's authentic, and frankly, what's smoke and mirrors and mixed in with a, with a little luck. And, and, and I try not to take anything away from, from – those Wolverines, because again, it's a testament to the belief that they have in each other and the belief they have in their program and the fact that they're, uh, they're, they're, they're doing just enough to win the game they need to win, uh, minus the Michigan State But I just have a hard time buying in to these next handful of weeks, uh, you know, possibly into the new year that they can continue winning 
you know, the defense looks great. I'm a little all over the place in this announcement. Hutchinson, Ajabo, uh, 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 they look outstanding. But offensively, you just can't win in this day and age playing that football. Uh, and I think the reason they lost in, to Michigan State, you, know, you could sit there and, and pick that game apart for, for, for you know, hours and hours. But uh, one of the reasons I think that they lost that game was they got away from their identity. Their identity is they've decided they've gone away from the speed and space, and now they're going back to the, you know, the school Big Ten approach. Oh, three yards and a cloud of dust. Yeah, but they threw that out the window in in this in, in the the state game, and and Cade McNamara threw for four hundred yards, and they still lost. So he, it, I, I think Cade's doing as well as you could ask him to do. He doesn't really have a lot of receivers, uh, doesn't have a lot of playmakers to throw the ball to. They decide to go all in with him. They're not making the change to McCarthy. Everyone thought. I think a lot of people thought by midseason McCarthy would be the starter. Um, but I, again, doubling back to, to what I said to, to start this, uh, I, I, I think Michigan State lines up better against Ohio State than, than Michigan does. I don't think Michigan has the, diver, the, the versatility or, or the, the diversity uh, in their playmaking to, to go head for head, to go head to head with Ohio State. I think Michigan State does. I think Michigan State has it uh, at the quarterback position. I think Michigan State has it at the running back position. I think they have it at the wide receiver position. The the big question with Michigan State is is a is a porous defense. So that leads who, me to my Aiden question. Who let Aiden O'Connell throw for 450 freaking yards? Yeah, I mean, uh, he Aiden O'Connell's one of uh three or four guys that have had career days. Yeah against the secondary and that leads me to my question ohio state michigan state in the shoe ohio state given i've seen it 19 and a half I've yeah seen it 19, 19 20 points yeah what what's your take my take is michigan state's gonna cover uh i i wouldn't you know i wouldn't pick michigan state to win i'm not saying they can't win i'm not saying they're not going to win um but I don't think it's it's a three touchdown difference. Is this a game uh, where you and go? I'd be shocked if it was more than a, a ten point difference. Is, is this a game where you look at the over, or do you think like if it's close, like you you think it might be? Then we're so I think like, if it's close, I think if it's close, it's it's thirty eight thirty six. Okay. Um, and in fact, I expect this to be a high scoring game. Fair enough. I like that. Uh, I like my chances now. Uh, I just really, I just, I know I'm, I'm beating a drum that's been beaten quite a bit this year. And as, as impressed as I am with Jim Harbaugh, I'm even more impressed by Mel Tucker. And I know some of this is, has been done with transfers, but that's just the way that college football is right now. And it's not like Michigan hasn't benefited from transfers. Well, well, um, let's let's pause the the gambling talk and talking about games. What's your quick thoughts today? Within the past few hours, it's been reported, finalized, ten years, ninety five million, uh, yeah. for for Mel Tucker to stay at Michigan State. I've had friends that that love Mel Tucker go. Well, it's probably too early to give him that. 
But well, whether it is or whether it isn't, the situation in front of us, uh, if you're a Michigan State fan or you're a Michigan State alum or you're Mich- if you're part of the program or yeah, a booster, whether or not it's too early, it, that's neither here nor there. The fact is, if you don't pay this guy, there's a good chance he's going to walk out the door and, and take a job uh, in the SEC or go to USC or and, and why wouldn't you? And it's, I I don't think Scott, it would have been this year. I don't think, I think LSU has their guy. I don't think the LSU fan base is going to be pumped about it. Well, whether it's this year or next year, you don't want to have to play Russian roulette every year. Yeah. You put your big boy pants on. You want to be an elite program? Then I I tweeted out today. Pay elite money. And, and oh, by the way, uh, the last time I checked, the two biggest boosters for that Michigan State program are Matt Ishbia and Dan Gilbert, who are two of the wealthiest people in America. I, I think they can. I think they can handle the, the money aspect. Yeah, and and then the best part is is that, uh, and I tweeted this out. You you want to sit at the grown ups table? You have to eat. Yeah, and you have to you, you have to eat the stuff that you're not used right. to. And, and and at the end of the day, this is either going to be you know. This is boomer boss. Is there a risk here? Of course there is. But the the payoff is you're a national championship contender for the foreseeable future. You're always a top 10 team. You probably get into a handful of playoffs. You probably win a few um, or have a chance to win a few. Downside is five years from now, if you're firing the guy and eating, eating the contract. But well, – well, here's my question to you, and and I, I, I promise I we're gonna get back to because you're paying him this. There's no middle ground. Either he's contending for national championships every year, and he's worth that money, or he's not, and you got to cut ties in five, six years, five years. Here's my question to you, and I promise, folks, we're gonna get to the Michigan Maryland game and digest that. But from your point of view, because working for the Oakland Press. Uh, and you're a guy, by the way, humble brag here. Two years ago, when we first chatted on this program, you actually said, Hey, Van Jefferson is a guy you got to watch out for. And now I can't pick him up on any of my fantasy football teams. I'm just SOL. So shout out to it's you. It's funny to think that a team that I covered um, about eight years ago had three NFL wide receivers. Um, on the same team, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, and KJ Hamler. Uh, we're all in the same Orchard Lake St. Mary's football team. And and, and I believe I believe uh, James, uh, Josh Ross's brother James Ross uh, was the was the captain on the defense. That's wild. Um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you from a recruiting perspective. Just looking from the outside, because I'm not reading all the uh, insider, you know, write-ups, but it looks from the outside. Mel's bringing a wholly different approach than that of almost every Big Ten team um, currently. It's very reminiscent of an SEC style. I was going to say, he has an SEC approach, and if you want to win big in college football, uh, in 2021 or in the 2020s, now, explain what that SEC is. Is, we, the, is the elite? Is the gold standard? That's 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 how uh, that's how you get your seat at the big boys table. Explain what that is, Scott, because I I think me and you have a definition of it. 
folks out there might have a definition of it, but, but what does that really entail? It's the just S- traditional recruiting on steroids. Okay. It's just, you know, it, it's ultra-aggressive um, rolling out the red carpet in some ways being, you know, cutthroat about things, you know, over-recruiting, uh, you know, bringing in 40 kids for 30 spots. And uh, at the end of uh, a camp, you know, you might know that, that a, a couple kids will be on your roster this year, but they won't be on your roster after this year. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that you had gone into their living room and had promised their mom and dad that you were going to take care of them for the next four years. And when they landed on campus, you realized that maybe they weren't as good as advertised. And instead of making it fit, you pushed them out of the program. That's SEC recruiting. Well, it, as long as it brings W's, I think a lot of people will be on. Board. Well, no, it's it's again, it's 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 a tr- it's a it's a tried and true formula that works down there, um, and you know, it's survival of the fittest. And what and if and, and if I'm Michigan State, and if I'm and frankly, if I'm Michigan, I, I want to have more of that mentality. Why does Michigan State have that mentality and Michigan doesn't? I know that they they threw a huge contract at at Harbaugh. Um, and then had to cut it in half. Um, but that, you know, all in mentality that let's not satisfy, let's not be satisfied with, uh, you know, winning eight, nine, 10 games and, and going to a New Year's bowl game. Like that's this, 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 uh, there's this complacency with Michigan fans that drives me crazy. And I, I haven't under, and I'm, this isn't brand new, man. This was going on, in my opinion, when I was a kid in the 80s. I never understood it, uh, even with Bo. And I, I believe I, we can, I can sit here and, and, and I can talk to you about my opinions on Bo uh, and what we've learned over the last year. Uh, in oh, regards- not, not many people know about it. So, I mean, hey. It's a shame. And, and you know, you want to talk about uh, a, a real tragedy it is the big blue wall in, in the Michigan mafia, uh, not the mafia that I cover. Uh, hey, they, they may have the, the power hey, base of that report.com. being able to silence what is the biggest college sports uh, sex scandal in history, but for some reason, uh, nobody wants to write about it. Hey, they're uh, going to have their own section on gangsterreport.com. I'm calling yeah. it by the end of 2022. I digress. <laughs> but if but that that should be more of the mentality for. I love that Michigan State takes this uh, approach. I, I love it. I love that they're going all in on Tucker. I, I love that they're throwing a hundred million at it. That's great. It shows you that, that they want to be elite. It's the first time Michigan, I've ever seen Michigan State do it because yeah. they let Saban walk. They didn't want to pull the trigger on Tom Osborne. Uh, they let D'Antonio uh, play the violin while the ship sank. And yep. this is, it, it seems like they finally understand if our football team's in, incredible and great, then guess what? Everybody else wins. The, the yeah, But Michigan doesn't, but you know, I, I truly believe Michigan doesn't want to be elite. I think they're, I think my opinion on the Michigan thing is Michigan they want, is they want always to talk, going to be want, elite. Say it again. Sorry. Mi- well, to me, to me, the opinion is, and you were kind of hinting at it. Michigan's always going to be elite because in their minds, they're, Maybe they in get their eight mind, to ten wins. But not in reality. It don't matter because in their minds, look, this is 
this is, and I, I called them on a show a few weeks ago, college football terrorists. They are ISIS. Okay. It's, it's literally like what we think is the it's truth. Such losers, it's such a loser's mentality. When I hear people say, but if we got rid of Harbaugh, who are we going to get? Who's better? Do you want to go back to the days of Rich Rod and Brady Hoke? I'm like, well, what a loser's mentality that is. And, and you look at it and you go, okay, well, Dave Aranda's out there and Mel Tucker's out there. And, and how many guys? Who was Mel, by the way, who was Mel Tucker before last year? Head coach at Colorado prior to that, defensive no, no, I, assistant. No, I know, you know, I know who yeah. he was. I'm just saying he wasn't a real commodity. Exactly. They exactly. went out and they, they did the best they could in that search, they identified the best candidates that they could identify and they picked the right one. I, I, I think Nick in Michigan has yet to do Michigan's yet to do that. Uh, dating back really to 1969. Re, well, really, I think the difference is, uh, is that they, Michigan state calls up Nick Saban for their uh, next coach. Saban had a hand in D'Antonio and Saban had a hand in Mel Tucker. Well, yeah, they call their they're Saban disciples. Yes. And they call up Nick Saban. And they say, Nick, what do you think? Even though he coached there for three years, he's venerated as a, as a God, as he is. He is a college football God. But he knows college football. And he'll give you a name. And I think the difference is if Michigan looks in its alumni pages and, and you know, uh, Mark yeah, well, that's Schlissel. Been a fundamental, it's been a fundamental flaw. And then yeah, as a result, Jim Harbaugh is allowed to, to, to hold them hostage. Okay, and all that said, hey, man, Jim Harbaugh can, can erase all. He all, has a shot. All the ill will can be erased. Everything can be turned around if he wins out the next three weeks. 17 years. Yeah. 17 so yeah, go years. do it. Go do it. Go do it. I want him to go do it. I honest, I want him to go do it. But if he doesn't do it, back you're so close you're doesn't done. count. You're right. done with him if he don't do it. Well, I'm done. I mean, honestly, I'm really done with him anyway. I think I've you were done, done two years ago, but yeah. I've been I've been done with him. But uh, I, I I'll you know again I give credit where credits due. I don't. I think there's a chance they get popped at Maryland this week. Okay, let's talk about it. Michigan at Maryland, lane 15. Uh, Maryland just lost to Michigan State. And Michigan State defensively, from what I understand from our friend uh, Rico Beard, pretty much sitting a ton of players defensively. They, they are, uh, last, as of last week, just in a lot of trouble in the injury department. Michigan here, you got to imagine the resting guys or they're looking to keep guys off the field because we got that big game next week. What? How do you think this game plays out? I mission is going to win, but I, I, I think Maryland's going to cover it. Okay. Um, I, I think that uh, Maryland's better than their record. I think that uh, Michigan is I, again, I don't want to I don't want to disparage what they've done this year and they have not. There's been a lot of things that haven't been same old Harbaugh, Michigan teams. 
So I don't want to just assume they're going to revert to that. But uh, they got to keep their eye on the prize. And you can't be looking too far ahead um, to to the Ohio State game or worrying about what Michigan State's doing um, on Saturday. You know, go there, take care of business, come home and and prepare for for the biggest game of of your career. Um, I, I just... Again, I think they're going to win, but I, I see them being in a battle. I see, I, I see this game still being up for grabs in the fourth quarter. I, I hope you're right because uh, it would be f- something fun to watch in the afternoon. Uh, Scott Bernstein, uh, thank you for breaking down these games. I, I would be remiss if we didn't just touch a little bit of some of the craziness you got going on in your life. Uh, OG podcast, like I mentioned original gangster podcast you can subscribe to it wherever you're listening to this show uh gangsterreport.com which is unfortunately some days it's blocked at my work some days it's not blocked at my work uh those are the good days um phenomenal read phenomenal just wild weird stuff that you didn't know is on there gangsterreport.com and then you know you're hanging out with Lloyd Banks, uh, Tony yeah. Ayo. You, you're doing your thing. Uh, what can you speak about? What can you say? Because I know you got a lot of a lot of pots and a, and a lot of cookers right now. Yeah, well, I, I'm uh, the, the reference you made to uh, Lloyd Banks and uh, Tony Ayo. Uh, I'm working for um, G Unit Productions and, and Stars, uh, the cable network on the Black Mafia Family Show. Uh, both the scripted and the unscripted. So scripted is what's uh, been on every Sunday. Uh, uh, Black Mafia family television show chronicling the rise and fall of uh, the Flannery Brothers. First season has been a smash hit. Just got it for a second season. And, and it's, it's uh, out it's on all, Amazon Prime, I think. Correct. To to I think to do you mean to 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 consume it if you don't have stars? Yes. I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I would I think, I would that's, think so I, until the until the first season's over with. Okay, yeah, I, I had a I had a friend of mine, a uh, listener to the show, uh, who watches BMF every single week. Yeah, so it's Sundays at, on uh, on yeah. Stars. The final episode of the first season's next week, um, and then the uh, unscripted Black Mafia Family docuseries will start rolling out in two weeks every Sunday on stars. So it's being done by the same people, uh, G unit productions and stars. And it's just telling the real story of, uh, of black mafia family, um, you know, told by the, by the, uh, gangsters themselves, the police officers, the, uh, various drug connections they had. That's um, gonna be, everyone's kind of chiming so in. Yeah. And, and telling the real story right after you just saw the first, uh, is it first installment of, of the BMF series, which all takes place in the eighties in Detroit. Is it going to be much in the vein or similar kind of in the vein uh, for your like critically acclaimed and I'm not making that up. It is critically acclaimed your white boy Rick documentary available on Netflix. Um, is it going to well, be what, in- white boy Rick doc was, you know, just a 90 minute hour and a half uh, doc. This is a docu series. So this is, uh, you know, the, the first season of BMF show was eight episodes of a scripted show. 
So uh, the first season of the docuseries is eight episodes. So as yeah, opposed but to- Is it gonna be shot in the same vein? Are we gonna expect, or, or are we going deep into these stories? And I know there are some crisscrossings around this time period. Uh, are you going- Do you mean, you mean are there gonna be- like, are we going to uh, see you? Are we going to see, like, you know? Yeah, you'll see me. You, I mean, you'll see me. Or... Well, for the for the docu series, it's just it's a docu series. It's not yeah. you're not going to see actors. You'll see the real people, including uh, journalists like myself, um, celebrities. I know Fifty Cent's interviewing for it. Fabulous, Nelly, Puffy, LL oh, Cool J, cool. they're all interviewing for it. Uh, and then you're going to hear from the D agents that that brought black mafia family down. And then you're going to hear from the black mafia family members themselves, all the major uh, black mafia fa family figures are interviewing for it. So uh, all the, uh, all the stuff you see being acted out on screen in the, in the show on Sundays um, will now kind of come to life uh, being the same story will be told to you by the real people. Well, that'll be a hell of a segue. Uh, Scott Bernstein to fabulous. That'll be, yeah. that'll be, <laughs> Uh, if and you then, had and that I'm working. One. I'm working on another project uh, at HBO Max with Sylvester Stallone and Joe Pesci that uh, hopefully will start shooting soon and should hopefully uh, hit HBO Max. Uh, you know, at some point in the next 18 months. Take take my money. Take all of it. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. That is. Uh, hopefully, when when the autobiography comes out, it's going to be impressive. Um, Scott, I can't wait to see what you guys got cooking. I can't wait for these projects to really come out and, and be accessible. You're phenomenal at what you do and you're Thank great you. Friend. Let me just, Thank I just you. wanna, I just wanna say one more thing yeah, to your please. audience. The one thing that I, I have, you know, any rational person knows Michigan State played head to head, Michigan State won, like, you you can sit there and play as many mental gymnastics as you want if you're in that committee to to convince yourself that Michigan should be ahead of Michigan State in in that in that polling right now. But what I'll say is, all the people that are losing their minds over it, who cares? You control your own destiny. It doesn't matter. Win out and you're fine. Both teams. I think it's I think it's a syndrome. You're not even. And by the way, if you're Michigan State, you got two losses, you, you ain't getting in the playoff. I don't care. I don't care. Even so high too. State, right. I, I think that I think there is the issue, uh, Scott, of the sheer fact that I think there is part of this fan base that is, you know, they are traumatized into thinking that we're less than, and they haven't accepted that. The only way we're going to get past the yeah, big blue just wall. Keep doing what you're doing. Just keep winning. If you keep winning, they keep writing and they keep saying stuff. And the Paulo Levines and the big blue wall, they they dissolve. The one, the one thing that you cannot deny is the the brand strength in the in the big block M in oh, maize and blue. That, that that the the brand you can sit here and and debate about what's happened to the football program. Whether the football program really was, uh, you know, uh, honestly deserved to be considered an, you know, an elite program over the years, they've only won two national championships, uh, you know, in in the, you know, <laughs> since the forties. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that but, is a thing. But yeah, I mean, you could sit there and, and you know, you could you could split those hairs and 
and have those conversations about what's legitimate and what's not in the whole Michigan mythology. But the fact of the matter is the brand, the maize and blue, it means something. It still means something. And it still means something, frankly, to college recruits that were probably 10 years away, 10 years from seeing the seeing the the the, the earth. Uh, 10 years away from just being a glint in their in their parents' eyes uh, the last time Michigan was relevant in the national championship uh, uh, conversation. So the fact that, it, not counting this season right now, but yeah. you know, up until this year, you're 16, 17 years old. Like, what's your point of reference for Michigan football? But, but they're still getting top 10 classes. And that well, speaks to the extreme strength that that brand brings. It still means something. The block M still holds a ton of currency out, outside the football field. Well, I heard talk coming out of what you said. So, uh, go so what I'm saying is that that's why they get treated that way. Well, yes. They're uh, considered a blue blood when I don't even know if they ever really were a blue book, but they're considered a blue book. I, Scott, from your mouth to God's ears, I mean, you're, you're saying, you're saying facts, but you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it, at this point, you know, you know, this is like talking to, uh, you know, folks that, that I, I don't know. They're living in the people have a hard reality. time swallowing the truth. And again, I, I, I want Michigan to do well. I don't want to come on. I don't want to have to trash Michigan. Uh, I, I, that's, that's, I, I love the University of Michigan. Um, I, I, think, I think the problem is, is that three years ago, they had a chance to just go, okay, we're, we're going to go down a different path and try and see if we can do better. Three years ago, bro. Three years ago. What do you mean? Last year. Last year, the year prior, it's, it's the, yeah. you know the, the analogy I make, and I might I might have made it on your show before. I'll leave you with this. Yeah, <laughs> this is my analogy of Michigan and, and Jim Harbaugh, and and again, this all goes out the window if they 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 pull a rabbit out of hat in the next three weeks. Um, but uh, it's like the 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 all state quarterback who marries the captain of the cheerleader team a cheerleading team in high school and you know they're the most popular kids in school they're the best looking guy and the best looking girl and everybody is you know the 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 romeo and juliet it's the it's the perfect the perfect marriage and then you know fast forward uh, 10 years 15 20 years their marriage is on the rocks and it's like they can't pull the plug because they were supposed to be the perfect couple Michigan and Harbaugh were supposed to be this marriage made in heaven. And again, barring uh, uh, them running the table the rest of the season or running the table, uh, you know, into the, into the uh, playoffs. Um, this has been far from a perfect marriage and it's okay to say it didn't work out, but both sides don't want to say it didn't work out. Despite the fact that I believe both sides want the marriage to end. I, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say, I, I think barring a total collapse by Michigan, um, I, I think there's a good chance 
Jim Harbaugh takes this season as a, a, rec, a reclamation project. He, he, he was able to get some shine back on his name uh, and then now can go get the NFL job that he wanted last year. He couldn't get because he was coming off a two and four season. So if they don't, let, let's say that they don't win out. Let's say they, they lose two more games and they end their season with 10 and three or something Would it be 10 and three or nine and three. Yeah. 10 and three, I believe. Yeah. 10 and three. I think he leaves. I, I, uh, I can't say I disagree with you. 100%. And I think, Mike, and I, I think Mike Hart and Ron Bellamy have been told that they are coaching OC and waiting, and that they've already they, they have an exit strategy, and they know that Hart's going to be their new head coach, and Bellamy's going to be their new, new OC, whether it's next year or two years from now or five years from now. I honestly, it, it's it's parallel to the Miami situation in that. And I've talked to Miami friends down there and, and I've been invited on their shows. And when you let the alumni situation dictate your future yeah. moves, you, it's so incestuous down there. It's just such mm-hmm. a mess. And, and well, I don't know how they can't get that straight. They can't get it straight because they're living in just like Michigan's living in this alternate reality. Miami is stuck in 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 two thousand and two. I'll say. Why is it? I'm I'm going to show a little of my naivete here, because um, I, I don't know as much of uh, the the inside politics behind college coach hires as maybe I should. But why isn't Crystal Ball the coach at Miami? So so the deal is is that Crystal Ball when they hired. Uh, Diaz had just he had taken a job prior up at Oregon he made the leap from Alabama to Oregon yeah right now they they got a guy with Miami ties I think his father was the mayor. Manny, D- Manny, the D- yeah, Manny Diaz Manny Diaz is going to get fired but they just right. fired I the know. athletic director um my question is just that. I'm saying they have an alum. I'm saying they have an alumni who was part of one of the great eras of Miami football. You have, was you a, have a Phil leader Knight on money. defense for that. You, you have Phil Knight money. He just signed an extension. I know, and, but I'm saying, why well, five years coach at the University of Miami? Yes. You, you, but if you don't prioritize football, and it's it's a second thing. It's a thing your school's also known for. Um, and and Miami, you can ask any one of the Miami fans. I don't think that schools ever prioritize football. I know, even just, even when they were having, even when they even were winning when they national were good. championships. Yeah, yeah. It, it just is what it is. It's my favorite thirty for thirty, by the way. Oh, it's phenomenal. Oh, it's so good, I can watch that or watch it on replay for years and years. Oh, it's so good. It's all about the you. It's all about the you. <laughs> it's all about the you. All right. Well, uh, two live crew over here uh, and myself, we're going to head on out. Scott, I hope to have you back on in the offseason. Talk a little bit of recruiting and what you yeah. gleaned from this year. I, I'm so curious about some of the things going on in the Midwest, how they Michigan shake out. Michigan State's got a great uh, – has a great uh, blue chip for coming in. Uh, Donovan Edwards' teammate, Dylan Tatum, uh, yep. you had a, you had a backfield in, in 2000, 
20 of, of two All-American running backs, Donovan Edwards, who's now, uh, you know, showing flashes at Michigan, Dylan Tatum, uh, decided not to go. Uh, he didn't want to join his his old teammate and his old coach, Ronnie Bellamy in Ann Arbor. He's moving uh, out to East Lansing and joining uh, uh, Team Tucker. Uh, I'm I'm really curious about some of the dynamics happening there. I'm really curious about uh, and then my He's coming. He's going to join my boy Tricky Trey Mosley, uh, who's the, oh, old, who's the only other uh, L boy uh, from the West Bluefield program at, at, at State. I, I'm curious on your thoughts about like now Kentucky's getting poached. Yep. Uh, we we've got we've got the top player in the country possibly coming out out of Cast Tech and Dante Moore. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, no, no, gonna... uh, Dante's at King. Oh, King. Excuse me, King yeah. Cass. Uh, Five-star quarterback. He, he's a a special special player. And then there's a kid right now who's only uh, 14 years old. Uh, who's the next Dante Moore? His name's Bryce Underwood at Belleville. Uh, both Michigan, Michigan State are are uh, heavy on his uh, heavy on the recruiting trail, uh, trying to trying to get his his commitment. He's only a freshman. It looks like he might be taking Belleville to um, the state finals for the first time in school history. Jesus, uh, we got a lot to catch up on recruiting wise, uh, and probably a mob story or two because I just love hearing them from you. So check out our friend Scott Bernstein. We'll be back right after a quick word with the picks. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Van Dyne from North Coast Sports. You'll hear me here every week during football season with my main man, Stu, from the StuCast. And just want to let everyone know we got a lot going on at North Coast. We got Power Sweep coming up. Going to be releasing that at the end of August. And get on board for Power Sweep at ncsports.com. Definitely check out our podcast on ncsports.com. And like I said, you'll hear me every week giving out some of the best handicapping picks that you will get in the industry uh, with Stu and Bobcat every week here, as well as at North Coast Sports, ncsports.com. And we're looking forward to football season. All right, we're back with picks, and we're going to lead off with the Bobcat. He's coming in at a roaring 22 and 30, good for 42% on the season, four and eight on his locks, six and four on his dogs. Bobcat, where are we fading? Yeah, so my dog, I'm going to start with my dog. Uh, It's number five, Cincinnati, taking on SMU. Uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, I think Cincinnati, I got them laying 11 and a half. What you got them at, Stu? I got them at 11 even, but it might be 11 and a half. I think that's 11 and a half on my card. I'm actually taking SMU here plus 11 and a half. I think this game is is a lot closer than 11. I think uh, over the past few weeks, what we've seen is Desmond Ritter has uh, – Reverted to the Desmond Ritter of last year when we used to make fun of him and his passing ability. I do think that him and, you know, Jerome Ford, you know, typically should be able to put up, you know, a good number of points against the SMU defense. But I'm thinking that Cincinnati's secondary is going to be really, really tested right here. I think that uh, if you think about who the best quarterback that, that the Bearcats have faced this year, I mean, Dylan Gabriel was out. Uh, and so was uh, Michael Pratt at Tulane. 
And look, I think that Notre Dame, when they played them, weren't they like smack dab in the middle of that quarter? That's a really, that's actually a really, that's a really good point, Bobcat. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking, and then listen, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, Indiana's Michael Penix Jr., you know, before he hurt his shoulder, you know, maybe that's the best quarterback that they've faced this year. And he was jacked up coming off the ACL tip. Right. And then look, man, I, you and I, Stu, we both know that Tanner Mordecai, what is he throwing, like 325 a game, you know, four Sound touchdowns like a game, something crazy. I mean, dude's an absolute baller. SMU at eight and two here. I think this is a, I mean, this should be like a five-star play over there at North Coast Sports, whoever those guys are. I mean, I think, I mean, this is like my five-star play of the year. Hey, uh, folks, so, hey, folks, you can go check out Power Sweep. I think it's what, 10 bucks? Yeah, $10. Uh, $10. You can go check out. Maybe this game's on there. Maybe, maybe it's really, it is. Maybe it's really ranked high. Who knows? Who uh, Maybe that's where I got this from. NC Sports. Maybe this is where I got it from. Uh, but, yeah, I like SMU here, plus 11 and a half, plus, even plus 11. I still think that Cincinnati ekes out a victory, something like 35-28, 34-28. That's what I'm looking for in this game. My next game, we alluded to it earlier, noon kickoff, which Big Ten, fuck you, dude. Like, fuck you. Like, all of the prime matchups in the Big Ten this year have been at noon, and it's like nobody's getting up at fucking 11 a.m. That's so, far. What'd you say? That's Fox that, that decides that. They, they, they get first selection of all the games, and they, they pick the game, right. best game. We'll, we'll blame Joel Klatt. Contract. Yeah, yeah. we'll blame Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt's an ass. That's what we'll say. Uh, but listen, nobody's getting up at 11 a.m. Uh, and getting rowdy like Samford Stadium down in Athens, Georgia, because it ain't your year. It's not Ohio State's year, and it's not Michigan State's year, so it ain't happening. Listen, I think Michigan State has my Heisman favorite, Kenneth Walker the third. I think it's one of the best running backs we've seen. Uh, I'll even go out there and say it. I think he's more fun to watch than Reggie Bush. I, I will just go out there and say that. I think he is more fun uh, when you watch him take cuts on one leg, when you watch him just run people over. Uh, I think Kenneth Walker's the the coolest thing on the planet right now. And if he doesn't win the Heisman, I'll be so mad. Uh, what's the line right now, Stu? What do you have? I got 19. I, I, I've seen it go down to 18 and a half, but I, I, I'll say 19. I yeah, I've still get it. Yeah, 19. I think this is fucking just a dumb line i do think that mel tucker just signing this big contract extension i think he's what is it 95 million over the next decade or so yeah uh yeah it's i mean i think it's a little premature but i think mel tucker's worth the money in the long run uh listen michigan state your secondary your passing defense is a disaster okay uh, i think you guys allow 350 a, a game uh, I think you guys have allowed multiple passing touchdowns in five of your last eight games. I, I wish you the best of luck against C.J. Stroud. You know, C.J. Stroud's coming in averaging like 400 a game, four touchdowns a game over the last like seven games since the Oregon drop. I think this is going to be a really good game. I like Michigan State plus 19 here. I don't know if they eke out a victory. I really hope that they do because I'm fucking sick and tired of Michigan State being voted below Michigan because they beat them head to head. It's fucking retarded. Uh, so yeah, go green. Give me plus 19 plus 18 and a half, whatever, it, whatever it is. 
I like Michigan State here to cover. Oh, that. we're fucked. All right, what do you got for your lock of the week? <laughs> Fuck you. Now that now that you say that, I should have took I, I should have taken the money line because now Michigan State's gonna win outright. You yeah, jerk. Yeah, I, I doubt that highly. Go ahead. All right, I got a, another good one, which we talked about in our in our in our picks earlier. Uh, look, it's it's Alabama and it's Arkansas. I think uh, Alabama, you know, given 21 points, given three touchdowns here is a gift. It's a blessing. Uh, you normally don't see Alabama lines this this playable, I should say. I do think, you know, what, what CBD was saying earlier with Sam Pittman coach teams not getting up for these huge games. And, look, Alabama's on a mission uh, trying to get uh, that defense in check and that defense in order. Will Anderson is a real problem. If uh, defensive players other than Charles Woodson can win the Heisman, uh, that would that would be ideal here for Will Anderson. He's playing out of his mind. I think we got some key key uh, starters returning off of injuries, which gave some of the younger guys like Kool-Aid McKinnistry some playing time. Malachi Moore still an, an absolute monster in the secondary. I really don't know if Arkansas runs the ball, and I, I really don't think even if they do, they're not going to pass the ball very well. Uh, Alabama 38, Arkansas 14, all day 21 points. And that's I my actually card. have it at 20 and a half, so I'm going to give you a 20 and a hook. Okay, uh, give me 20 and a hook. That's fine. Shocking. I think every single week you bet the Bama game. Uh, that's excellent. Uh, let's go up. I have Chase. not bet the Bama game every single week. That's fake news. I, okay, I will give you numbers after this show. I never. I have never played the Bama game, but maybe four <laughs> times. <laughs> J.C. Shelton, 31, <laughs> 17 and 2, uh, 11 and 5 on the locks, 10, 5 and 1 to the dog. And look, coming off a 4 and 1 week. Uh, real nice, real nice job by you, J.C. Uh, what do you like? All right. So I actually looked at my card and realized right before we got on that every one of them was a dog, every single one. But I don't know if I want to use all of them as a dog. I'll just use two as a lot. Sounds – is that – am I playing it right, guys? I mean, I mean, if you want to use a dog as a lock, that's fine. Yeah, for sure. Like Wake Forest beating Clemson. Clemson's favored by four and a half. It's a lock, dog. I mean, that's – yeah. So, I mean, I, I'll do that. So, I'm, I'm going to give you three dogs and two locks. Let's start with yeah. – let's start with my number one lock. Um, and this is – this is a game that really <laughs> I haven't had the opportunity to pick against Florida, but I think I yeah, I took Georgia against Florida. That was the only time I've I've went against Florida here. But I'm definitely taking Missouri this week. Um, they're plus nine against Florida at home. Mizzou, I mean, they're gonna get Bay's like back. Should. Um, and, and Florida <laughs> is an absolute shambles. And I know I'm laughing, but that's the Georgia homer in me. But what is going – Dan, Dan Mullen, the comments that he has made this year have made him look like such a clown. And then his team goes on the field in the last few weeks and plays like clowns, loses two four-star commits to Georgia in 24 hours, and then goes on to do what happened against South Carolina – and who'd they blow it to last week? Samford oh, Bulldogs of Sanford. Birmingham. Sanford. Samford. 
of Birmingham, Alabama. 42-35 out of here. I was posting that on Twitter. I loved every second of it. Just ridiculous, man. They fired Todd Grantham. They fired the O-line coach. The rushing game was amazing. They fired the O-line coach, uh, whatever. But the defensive coordinator, I mean, we all knew Todd Grantham was bad, and now they just fire him as a scapegoat. I mean, it's just a garbage fire there. I don't know what they're going to do because it's not like the recruiting trail is much better. It's like it's not like things are kind of on the up and up there. They're not. Um, they worry so about they, recruiting after the season, though, JC. That's yeah, that, that, that's why you lost two in 24 hours to Kirby Smart. I thought that was hey, – Hey, one of the you guys remember that time there wasn't one decent, healthy program in the entire state of Florida? It's yeah. right now. No. Well, <laughs> no. Do you guys not remember playing NCAA football? South you couldn't recruit till after the season. South Florida – held Florida up, I want to say, two of those years, the last 30. They did, and then I took them against Wisconsin one year, and uh, they fucked me. Oh, so, yeah. Don't even get me started <laughs> on that list. But, um, yeah, well, so there's uh, two grand on a fucking South Florida Wisconsin. Whatever. Hey, listen, they were good the year before, and they just fucking – that's when – Yeah, I'm off. sure that's it, Bobcat. They got a player uh, from Alabama. They're going to be so good. They're going to beat Wisconsin. Mean, meanwhile, Melvin Gordon is rushing for 4,000 yards. No, it was Jonathan Taylor. He, it he was John. 4, I was going to say, what, the, what year hey, are you living? Taylor had 4,000 yards in that game. First quarter. First quarter. Go ahead, JC. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, this is making my 10% operating capacity on my brain. Flu stretch, game. Stretch, Hashtag flu game. Um, so that, that's the lock. It's my first lock. I'll give you a, a couple dogs here, too. So, number 10, Wake Forest at Clemson. Definitely give me Wake Forest here. Clemson, I think – I know – I think it was – Chris can probably correct me um, if they've covered since then. But I know at one point they were 0-7 against the spread this year. So, I'm guessing that's – I think that's the first seven weeks they were 0-7. Not sure what they are since then, but that enough. Plus, plus playing a Wake Forest team that can straight score and can flash at any moment. Clemson, what they rely on is their defense. They cannot score points. A few weeks ago, bringing up a stat that's probably outdated now, but there were only two teams who had not scored scored 20 points on FBS teams in the entire country, and that was Arizona, who was 0-7 at the time, and Clemson. So I guess this is three weeks ago. These stats were off. But even going off that, after, after outdated stats right there, going off that, I, I like Wake Forest. Um, and Clemson really has problems scoring, and that's what Wake Forest can do. We know Clemson's got the 10 defense, but I think Wake Forest can stretch them a little bit. So that's the dog. Another dog here for you. Number 11, Baylor at Kansas. Kansas, Kansas State, sorry. Oops. Kansas State minus one here. Give me Baylor, the, the road dog. Um, I know they just came off the big game, but they're playing good. They really are. They, I, I've, I've picked them a couple times this year, um, and I really like them. I, I, like, I like their offense. They're able to score really quickly. It reminds me of Wake Forest in that in that aspect. Um, I think their defense is more like a bend but don't break, like most Big 12s like like to say that they are. Big 12 defenses, they give up hella yards, but they uh, bend it, don't break mentality. I think they do enough of that versus Kansas State. Um, so I think Baylor actually wins there. And then another dog for you guys, Auburn, minus seven and a half, right? Is that what it is? That is seven and a half. Yes, sir. Yeah. At South Carolina. Give me South Carolina. Auburn. 
Well, all right. Actually, hold on. I'm kind of rethinking my position, and I'll tell you're you right crazy. now. You're crazy. I'm about to tell you you're fucking crazy. Bobcat, give me a second. Give, give me a second. Don't play it. All right. So my main thought was, okay, the missing bow Knicks. Finley didn't really show me anything against Georgia Southern. Was that who? No, Georgia State almost beat him. Forgot. Georgia State almost took him down. TJ Finley didn't really show me anything. I know they got the game on a touchdown, but he wasn't that good. Um, but then I was like, okay, Bo Nix on the road is is a death sentence for, for the Auburn Tigers. And if there is no Bo Nix to have on the road, will Auburn actually play like they can? That's – so I'm kind of rethinking this position, but I'll stick with it because that usually doesn't work out. Uh, but give me South Carolina as the home dog. Um, I, I think what South Carolina, like Shane Beamer is a good coach. I think he's going to do a good job in this program, give him a few years to recruit and get his guys in there. I think he's going to be – ended up being a really good coach with South Carolina. Um, I, I, I like what they do offensively with what they have. They don't have much, right? But then they run – they can run the ball. Uh, their play action is really good with Mike Bobo. We know how he likes to use the tight ends. And the running backs. Um, I'll make a bet with you. Jason. On defense, Derek Mason. We know he's a good D coordinator. Um, I think the no, that's Auburn's coordinator. See, <laughs> I'll make a bet with you though, JC. Yes, Bobcat. You, you ready for it? I'll take five of your wins in the pickums, right? No, and I'll ne- put up. I'll, I'll Venmo you a hundred dollars. I'll give you thirteen points. I bet Auburn wins by thirteen points. I don't. I'm not. I'm not comfortable. Hundred dollars from I me. I'd rather just make this pick. You want a hundred dollars? And then I would win the pick. And then hundred dollars for me, and I'll. Can take we talk about this after my, my, my call? Wait, wait, what? No, we got to talk about it right now. No, why? What is this? This is a weird shit. This is all. You get a hundred dollars. How is you get Venmo a hundred dollar bill? If just, Auburn does not cover thirteen points. Thirteen. I don't want to give up five of my picks contingent on South Carolina. You know? All right, you're not confident that much. No, I'm not confident that much. How much con- give me that confidence. All right, let's do it. Let's do a five dollar bet, and I'll give you 13 points. That's why, I'm le- that's why I'm leading this thing, buddy. 13, 13 points for a five dollar bet. Listen, anyway, South Carolina. <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Plus seven and a half all day. Uh, all right, and Bobcat, I'm going to do you right. a solid. You didn't say it, but I'm going to put Auburn minus seven and a half as a uh, play for you. I So I for totally blanked on Auburn. I thought they were playing somebody like uh, Mercer this week. I forgot they were playing at Williams-Brice. That's on me. Came unprepared, and I was like, yeah. I think – and you th- you said Shane well, Beamer's a good coach. I think with Shane Beamer's quotes recently, uh, they got five stars everywhere. They've got a guy that's faster than all of us. He's a real dude. He sounds that's what Sam Pittman talks about. Sam Pittman you know, says the same shit. Everybody loves him. Sam Sam Pittman Don't, is a worker. Sam Pittman yeah, is a blue that's, collar that's worker. Where that's where you're mixed up. Shane Shane up. Beamer is a wait. So are you Dan going Mullen. back on South Carolina? I don't Maybe. know what he's doing. Can I finish my car? Yeah, finish no, your card. You. I appreciate I, I, I'm I'm perplexed at what the hell Bobcat's getting at. It's a flu game. I'm trying to finish my card. And Bobcat's finish your card up, JC. Listen, number seven at number four. I, I waited just the last time. I was most excited to talk about it. Your Michigan State Fighting Greens. If that's how you say it, I'm not yes, sure. Yes, that's exactly uh, with the Fighting yeah, Greens. Fighting Greens. 19? Come on. 
12 o'clock, also, Bob, I love the noon games for Big Ten because we know the SEC football happens in the evening at 3.30, unless you're Georgia, then all games are happening at noon. But 3.30, give me the noon big time, top five Big Ten matchups every week. I love it. You start college game day right into a big game. I like it because then SEC takes over in the evening. That's what we're all here to watch. Number seven goes goes into Ohio State, and I think they're playing really good. I'm not sure why Ohio State's getting so much love. Um, I guess it's the receiving group. I mean, their defense is – they haven't really played many people this this year. Their defense hasn't been tremendous. It's not like they're shutting people out all the time. And their offense – what was it – wait, 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 wait. What was it – it's like their defensive rankings for the team they've played is ridiculous right now. I, I can't even – Oh, know. it's it's incredible because you get Akron, you get Tulsa, you get uh, – Yeah, come on. You get so Rutgers, Rudiger's. The yeah. Warriors of the Raritan, shout out. So Ohio, St- Ohio State's the only top 10 team that has not played anyone currently ranked. They got the 39th ranked defense. I know Ohio State does for sure. Well, they're going to get tested. And I think the toughness that Michigan State team is going to show is this what's going to keep this within two scores for sure. I, I, don't see, I don't see Ohio State pulling away by more than two touchdowns. Um, we, we know Michigan State kind of has that tendency in games to really – you know, make comebacks or have big swings like we saw in Michigan. Um, but I really – I like Michigan State here. I think Kenneth Walker to run it down Ohio State's throat. Um, I, I think Ohio State's going to be able to score for sure. But I do – Michigan State, the fighting greens, they're, they're going to cover 19. And don't – why I'm, – I'm with you here, Bobcat. Why is Michigan State behind Michigan? The, you know what the guy said, the committee, the Gary, his name? Games don't really matter. He said, yeah, he said – Besides That's what happened on the field, in every major statistical category, uh, Michigan is ahead of Michigan State. Listen, Why do you sound like 45, bro? That's what Gary sounds like, man. <laughs> he does. He sounds crazy on that TV, and he has to come out and defend these points that have no background to him. Watch the games. They beat them head-to-head. They go ahead. That's easy. That's the easiest decision in this college football playoff. Easiest decision in the rankings to me. Is having Michigan State ahead? Well, I don't know how you put Oregon in front of Ohio State the way Oregon's been playing lately, but like Ohio State has yet to beat a ranked opponent. They have not. They're the only top ten team that has yet to beat a ranked opponent. Go green. Go green. Go white. I love it. I love it. Uh, We're gonna get smoked by Ohio State. Uh, Shut your fucking mouth. You said we're gonna lose to Michigan, Mister Wednesday night. Coming into this week, 30, 22, and 3, 9 and 2 on his locks, although he is horrific on his dogs, 5, 5, and 1 on the season. CBD, what do you like? Starting uh, on lock, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Uh, it's a team we had a lot of success on last week, and Georgia Tech's defense held it in. They're giving up 544 yards per game their last six games. Two weeks ago, they had a close game against uh, Miami. That was pretty much gift wrap for them. They had a fumble return touchdown. Miami constantly was getting into uh, Georgia Tech territory and turning the ball over. I just don't see a, a, a team like Notre Dame that's really motivated right now. They're on a roll. They're playing really well. They're playing good defense. I don't see how a team like Georgia Tech is going to stick with them on the road. So I think Notre Dame wins this game by more than three touchdowns. I'm very confident that the Irish will take care of business here. 
And I just think that Jeff Collins, uh, you know, that I, I, I read a stat, nine out of Georgia Tech's 11 starters uh, on defense have been there for three years. And this is the product they're getting. Things are not working out. Uh, at least on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to need to make some big changes after the season. So that is my lock on Notre Dame. <clears throat> uh, my dog, uh, man, I, I hate to do it, but I'm, I, I'm with Bobcat. I hate giving up the same dog as somebody else, but SMU to me is the best dog on the card this week. Uh, Cincinnati just does not look like they're going to blow anybody out, and they're still laying double digits in this game. If this was six or seven, I could see Cincinnati winning this game by six or seven points. But SMU is a much better team than they've seen recently when you're talking about playing teams like South Florida, uh, Tulsa, Tulane, Navy. Their last four games they have not covered. And two of those games they wouldn't even cover this line. And the other ones they just barely would be covering it. So – I, I just don't – I don't see the same Cincinnati team. The defense hasn't looked the same. They're not blowing teams out like they did at the end of last year. So I think SMU is the best dog on the card this week. A uh, couple other games I will put out there. <clears throat> uh, I love North Texas this week. And I tried really hard to not uh, – to forget the game against Marshall – and it, it, it was difficult for a while because that Marshall game was abysmal. But they've won the last three games, and FIU might be playing the worst football in the country outside of probably UMass and Connecticut. Uh, F, uh, North Texas is looking at a team, you know, FIU just got beat by 40 against Middle Tennessee. I was on Middle Tennessee last week. Butch, Jones, Butch Davis prior to getting fired said that uh, out of uh, they had 25 guys that have had surgery, more guys than he's ever seen have surgery in a season. So FIU really struggling this year. I think North Texas covers that one easily. Um, I will also throw out Boston College. I think minus one and a half is cheap because Boston College is playing much better now that Phil Dracovic's back. Florida State off a big win. Uh, I, I I thought that Miami should have won that game. I, I don't think uh, Florida State could have hit the fucking over there. Holy Christ! Yeah, no kidding. Um, you know, but in, in Miami, if they stop a fourth and fifteen at the end of the freaking game, Miami covers. That was our only late phone loss. I talk about pissing me off. Like that was the one we lost. And if Miami stops a fourth and fifteen. In the last minute, Florida State doesn't score that last touchdown. Miami covers, um, which would have hit another parlay for me. I, I, I could have I used that. Um, so I, I'll go with Boston College because I just think they're a different team when they have a quarterback that can actually throw downfield because Halfley does want to throw downfield. And they, they had a quarterback with a shit arm in uh, Dennis Grossell. Well, now they have a quarterback that can actually throw the ball downfield, and he looked like the guy – uh, that we remember from last year and early this year uh, against Georgia Tech last week. He threw for 310 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I will also take Wake Forest plus four and a half. I, I can see Clemson winning this game, but I can't see him winning it by more than a field goal. Go Deeks. I love it. How, how's Clemson going to win this game by more than a field goal? They can't score. 
against anybody. And to uh, JC, to your point about Clemson, they're two and eight against the spread this year. One of those covers was against Florida State, which, if you recall, they were uh, they were not covering on yeah. the very last play of the game. Florida State started doing their throw it around and try to you know pull off a miracle, and then they they were at they were at the forty yard line and ended up throwing the ball forty yards backwards. Clemson picked it up and walked it in for a touchdown. Uh, so that was one of Clemson's covers. The other one was against Louisville when they got a stop on the one-yard line at the end of the game that uh, otherwise they don't cover in that game. They got a goal line stand from the one-yard line. So they could easily be 0-10 against the spread. So I will take Wake Forest. Uh, and I'll throw in one total. I like Florida-Missouri over. I think Florida will run the ball against Missouri's poor defense. I think Missouri will run the will move the ball period uh, against Florida's defense because if Samford can do it, by good God, uh, you'd have to assume Missouri can. So I, I think that's a sixty-nine and a half. Yeah, it's at uh, the sex line. Yeah, yeah, which I mean turns me on, baby. There you go. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Now I got a boner. All right. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to hop in, uh, wrap this puppy up. Coming in 53-43-1. Wait, wait Stu, can you, tell us, can you tell us about your experience? Uh, oh, wait, I'll get Carolina? to it. I'll get to it. They're on my card. Uh, oh, are you going to tell us about your experience, though? Experience yeah. about what? At the game. Oh, it was phenomenal. It was great. Uh, Wake yeah. Forest is probably the best football stadium football experience i've had uh watching a game it's it's phenomenal uh easy to park easy to get to the stadium there's only thirty thousand, and and it looks like if wake forest isn't playing an in-state rival you, you know you got your choice of seats um cheap beer cheap food uh, a lot of tvs with other games on it's phenomenal and how much was the beer there alan seven bucks Oh, that's 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 reasonable for a football game. Uh, they had they had three guys at night, and Bobcat, you know how difficult this is. Three guys at night jump out uh, a C one thirty. I'm imagining they had sparklers strapped to them in a giant American flag, and they they came in and landed on the turf. For they the Golden Knights, Alan? No, it was not. It was not the Golden Knights. Uh, it was one of the more impressive. They were sparkling, going in circles, just hand probably, gliders. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. But no, it's Wake a, Forest was amazing. It's well worth um, going there. Uh, 53, 43, and one, like I was saying, nine and eight on the locks, seven, five, and one on the dogs. Uh, we'll get to the dogs and locks at the end. Uh, I'm going to take Wisco minus nine and a half best defense in the country statistically right now. Uh, so I'm going to roll with them. I'm going to take North. Yeah, I know JC efficiency wise. Hey, and what, numbers what wise. At, total defense on the NCAA's it, side. When you're looking, when you're looking at all the adjusted efficiencies, Wisconsin is holding teams to more. What is it, Chris? Like 208 yards per game less than what they normally average. And Georgia's like at what offense is they playing? 
So yeah, they're not Wisconsin, playing any offenses, and that's why I'm using them this whatsoever. week. And let me clarify this. Statistically, geez. Let me clarify this. Just let, me clear, let, me, let me clarify this. No. Listen, Wisconsin is giving up 211.4 a game. Georgia is giving up 249, 245.9 yards, total yards per game. Passing yards per game or for the year, 1557 from Wisconsin, 68 for Georgia. Rushing yards on the year, 557 for Wisconsin, 781 for the, both through 10 games. Uh, total yards, 21-14 for Wisconsin, 24-59 for Georgia. Yards per play, 3.72 for Wisconsin, 3.89 for Georgia. Wisconsin leads in total defense in 2021 right now. He's right. I will also say that your numbers are wrong, Bobcat. I don't know these how are, you got those numbers, but they're literally CFB. like eight yards less than everyone I'm looking at in NCAA Dot com. Go to go to cfbstats.com. No, NCAA.com is where they keep the real ones, big dog. The real ones this are there. comes straight. All right, see. we're gonna wrap it anyway, up, boys. You gotta look, you can't talk about NCAA. that without talking about touchdowns. You gotta give me a chance to rebuttal here. My but man. I said statistically, but not the best defense. Go ahead, Chris not, CBD. You gotta look at scoring. We're not you didn't say one thing about scoring right there. This is total touchdowns allowed. Wisconsin, 12. CBD, you're muted. Georgia, seven. Wisconsin is holding uh, Wisconsin's number one in the country, holding their opponents 174 yards per game below their average. Exactly. Georgia's slightly behind that. But I, I, again, what, that? what are you doing? Is that? All right. Fight's breaking that, out here. Okay. I just want to get through it. Wisco minus nine and a half. I'm sorry I even brought it up. Jesus Christ. North Texas minus 11. Uh, give me the Ole Miss Vandy under 64 and a half because I think they're more focused on the A bowl. Uh, Virginia Pitt, even though I can't bet it unless uh, I hit up uh, that degenerate Rob up in Jersey. Uh, Virginia Pitt, I think Armstrong's back over 66. Let's roll. Uh, Going to go with Chris on this one. Florida Mizzou over 69 and a half. Uh, sex is pretty much the only reason why I'm taking the over on that. Wake Forest plus four and a half. Give me that. Uh, BC, I'm going to add it to my card. Phil Yurkovic got a real hard on. Very homosexual, heterosexual thing going on with Phil Yurkovic, uh, but I'll take BC minus one and a half. Let's get to the locks and the dog. The dog. SMU. Plus 11 and a half. I mean, for all the reasons previously stated, God help us. I think I think that's almost a clean sweep, um, except for JC. Uh, and then uh, my lock of the week, a game nobody's mentioned. Give me the Bobcats to oh, take I care know. of business and score over 61 and a half with Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers. I'm going way off the board for an over total. Texas State, they're getting their offense back. Chanticleers have no defense. And Texas State are the Bobcats. You got to support them. Uh, and that's the picks for the week, folks. We will be back. I, we will release a show Wednesday night. So right before Thanksgiving, you can get the family together on Thanksgiving morning. You can get the kids all huddled in. And listen to the sweet, sultry tones of CBD, JC, and Bobcat uh, talk some games. So stay tuned for that. Odds, honest, truth. Check out some of our picks there. And 
as always, stay tuned for uh, more stuff going on. Thanks to you guys. Thanks to Scott Bernstein. And uh, until week 13, and it's rivalry week, uh, I think we got a game in uh, Alabama somewhere that might show up. So that'll be fun to fun to hear you guys talk about. Uh, so until then, JC, uh, UGA Wire, Chris Van Dyne, NC Sports, and Bobcat, uh, whatever the hell he's going for. We'll see you next week.